Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. It is our NFL rundown. This is brought to you as always by SorrySports.com. Sean and I did a little differently this week. We talked about some head coaching news as Mike McCarthy was fired from the Green Bay Packers. After that, we talked about our locals, the Jets and the Giants, broke down the NFC and then the AFC. Finally, we recapped our picks, and I went 0-4 last week. Sperm Bank is completely dry, as it has been all year, of course, so we will see if I can keep that streak going. After that, we obviously went into our picks this week, so enjoy the pod. We will be back on Monday with our usual Monday rundown. So follow us on Sorry Sports on Twitter, Sorry underscore Sports on Instagram, and shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod. Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, guys. It's our NFL edition this week, and we're going to talk about all things Week 13, preview Week 14. As always, Tom, what's going on, my man? How are you? 0-4 with my picks, as I said on Monday, so I'm doing all right. Sperm Bank is just, we're just going to keep that joke going. And you I'm know what? Right. You get to pick it again this yep. week. Can't wait. That segment's always fun, and I can't wait to hear what it's brought by Going this week. into Week 14, I have 14, 15, and three weeks left. To get a sperm bank pick right. Will it happen? If it happens on week 17, I'm going to be pissed. Stay tuned to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. You have to, as if you need another reason. Yep. You can just continue to enjoy that segment, which will be coming up later. But we're going to lead off this week. Instead of going right into the locals, we're going to start with the biggest story, you know, aside obviously from the uh, constant issues that we're not going to get back into. Uh, We're going to talk about Mike McCarthy's tenure as Green Bay Packers head coach, man, is over effective immediately after their loss to Arizona on Sunday. What did you take away from that, and do you think it was right to fire him now? I don't like to call for people's jobs, but it was definitely a long time coming. Yeah. I think they should have won a lot more games when it comes to Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, and it's not like they were talentless. No. Clay Matthews on defense. Wide well open as NFC, Julius too. Peppers was on that team for a while. Their defense wasn't terrible, and they've always had some offensive talent, uh, minus a running back. Yeah, and they've been able to find some running backs. I mean, remember, Lacey had a couple nice years, and, and then they, they were able to find an Aaron Jones, and they Montgomery was okay. I mean, it wasn't a complete graveyard back there. They got some productivity, and whether it was because Rodgers was so talented that you know his the passing game opened up a running game, that could be the case. But I was interested to see that they fired him this at this point, and I guess a loss like that, you know, after the loss to Minnesota. That just shows that he was already a dead man walking. How to have been. Todd Bowles. Yeah. But that one hurts. That's interesting to me because you mentioned Todd Bowles and a bunch of other coaches. We see it every year. You referred to it last podcast as, you know, the Black Monday when all the head coaches get fired. And we don't usually see guys get fired midseason unless, you know, what they're doing is so egregious. You know, a Ben McAdoo last wow. year. But we see... I would put this on par with Ben McAdoo last year. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to say from an embarrassment standpoint, again, I mean, th- that division's actually good this year. You know, the Bears are really good and the Vikings are better. And I, and I, I it's hard for me to say that the Packers should be winning that division. But up until this year, they should win that division every year no matter how good they are. And, and they've had some postseason success winning games that we maybe didn't see coming and simply due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is so great. But overall, there's been something missing from that team. The NFC has, as I said, been wide open, really. You know, even with the Seahawks run, 
the Packers were right there in that uh, 2015, uh, 2014 rather, NFC Championship game out in Seattle. They should have won that game. And, you know, they got blitzed by the Falcons two years ago. But they won some games leading up to those that we probably didn't see come in a couple of those Hail Mary games. I remember that Arizona game that comes to mind. Those Hail Mary games. Who won those games? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers exactly. Exactly. Come on. I think to me, though, is I'm kind of mixed. I definitely think he should have lost his job. There's no doubt about that. But I figure now, since your season's over, it must have had to have been really toxic and just a really bad environment with Aaron Rodgers for him to get fired in season. He is a Super Bowl winning coach, and whether you want to say that was all Rodgers or him, there's very few coaches in this league that have Super Bowls. He's one of them. So you look at Todd Bowles being allowed to kind of finish out his contract, you know, on a team that's that's you know spiraling out of control, and then you look at a former Super Bowl winner, a guy that's had some success in this league. It all has to do with get, the situation. Gets to I get think canned. the players still like Todd Bowles, don't respect, nor will they win for Todd Bowles. I mean, judge it. We'll talk about the Jets game in a few minutes, but they still like Todd Todd Bowles. I think Aaron Rodgers didn't even like Mike McCarthy. I think it was more of a well, there's been obvious tension. Hate relationship there, so... Yeah, there's been obvious tension, and I don't know how good of an offensive mind he is. I still think that if he lands in a situation like your New York Jets, you got to take him. He is a former Super Bowl-winning head coach, and I, I don't... What I've always wondered about that situation is, you know Rodgers has been hurt a lot. There's been no offensive line to speak of on that team for years, and they've never given him a backup. So, you know, and I it kind of reeked to me of him trying to say, you know what, everybody says I'm no good and Aaron Rodgers is the reason we're here. Well, I'm going to roll with a, you know, a Hundley or I'm going to roll with a Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser and, and obviously Why you are you can't. talking badly about those two guys? Oh, probably because they're not very good. Probably because you and I could go out there and have about the same results. Okay, probably. fair enough, I guess. Sorry to be harsh, but I mean... They're not good. <laughs> well, I just think it was a long time coming, and I mean, I, I I disagree with you. I don't think he should have finished the season. When you lose a game like that to a team like the Arizona Cardinals, it was just time. They can start their coaching search a little bit earlier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, like I said, I, I don't hate it. I was just kind of surprised by it. I thought that he was one of the coaches that was going to lose his job, but I thought it was going to be after the season. So it really goes to show that, how much clout Aaron Rodgers has, rightfully so, in that organization. Because he probably he went had, to him and said, listen, I, I can't stand this guy. If we, he had more clout, I think he would have been fired like three years ago. But And that's what I was hoping for. You wonder that. Or, I mean, I, I don't really know what the whole story was. Like, I feel like when you have a, a, a quarterback like Rodgers, if he's not happy, you're, you're going to make some moves. And it's not like at that point he's coming right off a couple straight Super Bowl appearances. He was you know, floundering in some playoff games or, or, you know, maybe not even making it in some cases. So I think that when you just look at the whole situation, obviously it was time to go. I was surprised it happened immediately, but I'm not looking back. It, it certainly makes sense. It was interesting to hear some of the other people, like the commentators on the different networks talking about it. Remember that story broke around 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday as the 4 o'clock games just getting kicked off. Some people off. acted shocked. What Tony, the hell are you Tony talking Tony Dungy was like appalled. And it was great because obviously he's a former coach. And then you saw Rodney Harrison right near him. He's like, no, nah, man, he, he had to go. Like the, As a player, like you can't play for a guy you don't respect and you know is losing his job and you know is probably one of the main reasons that your team constantly loses. That team is reeked of underachieving, and hopefully they get somebody in there. 
I don't think Joe Philbin's going to be that guy. Just FYI, no, probably not. Um, I actually two forgot he was the, still in the two league. guys from the coaching tree of Mike McCarthy, Joe Feldman, and um, your boy Ben, ben McAdoo. McAdoo. Yeah, that's not a good resume to have. I don't know. Ben it's, McAdoo might have been right about Eli. It's not quite the uh, Belichick tree. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think it's Tony Dungy because he was kind of abruptly fired by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then John Gruden went on to. Win a Super Bowl with, with all his, of his guys, right? That should have been his ring, his ring, and it kind of felt like that. Yeah, it's always awkward when you get into those situations, though, because it's like, regardless of the sport, yeah, you might win with somebody else's players, you still deserve some credit. You, you, you got to have, especially in football. I think head coaching is probably the most important of any. You know, you look at the Warriors, and I think Steve Kerr does a good job keeping those guys together, but that team could win with whomever coaching that team. And and in baseball, you know, we've argued so many times how much do managers really impact games now. NFL head coaches really do matter. You can tell the way that teams are prepared or ill-prepared. Players talk about it all the time, whether they like playing for guys, morale is down, whether they feel really inspired. I think one of the biggest changes in that was, you know, Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. I know they beefed up the beefed up the O line and got some skills positions in there, but you could see the entire attitude of that team changed once McVay came in. Yeah. So I'm like expecting something similar to happen at Green Bay. Let's look at this from a couple of different standpoints though, now after analyzing what happened. What's next for Mike McCarthy? What do you think happens for him? He could be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. You already said I didn't think so, but you kind of convinced me on Dan Quinn being out. He could be the Jets head coach, or he could go coach at a major college. Yeah, or he could, you know, maybe catch on OC. as an OC somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think Cleveland's an, uh, a possibility if uh, if Arians doesn't take that job. Yeah. Um, we saw Kingsbury from uh, Texas Tech already took the uh, USC offensive coordinator job. Mm-hmm. So he's not going anywhere. I think Matt Campbell is going to probably be the first college guy out. We saw with the Ohio State news, which we'll talk about next Monday. Um Ryan Day is going to be taking over. Um, he was the offensive uh, coordinator under Urban Meyer. So the Ohio State's not making a big move. So you look at what certain possibilities are with NFL vacancies from the college level. I think Mike McCarthy is going to have a good chance because there's not a lot of those guys leaving. Yeah, I, I think he will be a head coach again. If it's not this year, maybe he does some TV work and then he comes back in a few years. He doesn't but... seem like a guy that I'd really like to listen to on TV. <clears throat> well, there's been a few other. Eric Mangini did TV work for a oh, while. I forgot too. that, and he wasn't so bad. He wasn't. No, terrible. he knows his stuff. Yeah, but he was. Yeah, he wasn't what I would call a personality. No, thing. he's not Rex Ryan. No, <laughs> no, but. I mean, we, uh, we'll we have to wait and see, but I definitely think McCarthy lands on his feet. As for the Packers, that's another coaching vacancy. I really don't know. I don't know who they go with. So, but you're not thinking it's going to be Joe Philbin. Huh? Well, let's just pretend they don't have a head coach. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think that's fair based <laughs> yeah. off of Joe Philbin's resume. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, I'm very interested. Do you think that Rodgers will be able to kind of – have a say in what direction they go or do they look at him and say listen you might have two or three years left and we're going to make a pick for the future well they're we well run works out they're a pretty well run organization yeah they're steady they don't have a jerry jones or something i mean the everybody owns the team i own stock in the packers i hope you do too it's trending upwards so I haven't but um, it's trending upward huh after yeah, this i'm yeah, shocked absolutely yeah. uh well no it was it was a big deal this firing but I think that you look at it from a perspective of Jameis Winston got to pick his head coach, Eli Manning got to pick his head coach, up and down. How does that work out? You know who didn't get to pick their head coach? 
Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. Well, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. the list goes on. Yeah, and, well, and, and I haven't really Tom, heard. Well, Peyton Manning didn't win his second Super Bowl with John Fox, and I think even Asai. though he put up some of his best numbers under John Fox, he won under Gary Kubiak. True, but aside from aside from LeBron, I don't really remember a guy who no, can it's not as, pick a head coach. No, it's not as profiled in the NFL. We yeah. we know that. Um, I think that the Packers are going to take it upon themselves, get a more young, offensive-minded guy, although McCarthy supposedly was an offensive-minded guy. I didn't really see it because... The craziest thing about Aaron Rodgers is that when he's at his best, it has nothing to do with the scheme. A play breaks down. Rodgers moves better within the pocket than probably any quarterback ever. And then he's got the quickest release probably than any quarterback ever. So it's usually on a broken down playground type play where Aaron Rodgers is at his best. So if McCarthy wants to take credit for that, He's going to kind of look stupid. Yeah, so I'm just not going to ever know. put an offensive line around the guy. We're going to let him have to run for his life, and somebody's going to get open, and there's our offense. It seems like it's worked out pretty well, but you're right. I mean, that offense has never flowed. It's never really looked great for as much talent as they have, and they have had really good players under Mike McCarthy. Whether- I mean, the, the Aaron Rodgers offense, Aaron Rodgers has looked great, but you don't see but it's not because so of much movement in the back like you do with the Chiefs before the play or, no, the, very or the Rams. It's it's vanilla. Three wide receivers yeah. set, one running back, and and that's pretty much it. I mean, so I, this this Mike McCarthy offensive genius thing, he had a, a transcendent quarterback. Why does this guy get so much credit? Yeah, and we see that up and down the league, right? You know, like you get a guy who quote unquote develops a quarterback or is there. I mean, we like Harbaugh. You know, from John Harbaugh from, from with Baltimore, and he de- quote unquote developed Flacco. He was there and drafted Flacco in his first year, and Flacco won a Super Bowl for him, which you can't take away. I think any team would like to say that they drafted a quarterback and had a young quarterback that they drafted win them a Super Bowl, but he hasn't gotten any better. You can make a case he's regressed. Do we know that Harbaugh is really good at, at innovating offense? He's more of a smash mouth kind of guy. I mean, Lamar Jackson's skill set is really just, you know, let him run the ball, find creases in the defense, and he'll be fine. You look at Jim Harbaugh, you know, he had Kaepernick, but he ran kind of that style at, at Stanford. You know, that was a more West Coast offense with a lot of variations of Big Ten football, too. He had Andrew Luck, of course, too. Anytime you have a great quarterback, a generationally great quarterback, a transcendent quarterback, to use your word, I don't know how much credit these guys get because is Aaron Rodgers not going to be great? I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll put my money on Aaron Rodgers. I would, too. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the fate of the Green Bay Packers for the rest of of uh, Aaron Rodgers' career. We'll see what direction they go in. We'll see what ends up happening to McCarthy. I do agree with you. I don't know if it's going to be immediately, but I do believe you know a, a head coach that has a Super Bowl ring on his resume and a lot of playoff appearances is going to find work. Remember, this is a league that's had Hugh Jackson get hired as a full-time head coach twice he'll be, and maybe a third time. So. He'll be roaming the Jets' sidelines as the head coach next year. Are you, I'm are not you coming to grips be... with it? I'm not going to be too happy about it, but I'm definitely going to talk myself into it. See, I would I would say this. He shouldn't be your first choice. But if you wind up with him, I think you could do a lot worse. Kind of mm-hmm. how like you felt about Fisdale. 
Yeah. Not your first choice, but if he's there, I mean, you're not getting Hugh Jackson. That's turned out okay so far. Yeah. So, so you know, it's worse thing to say than you were hiring a former Super Bowl winning head coach. But anyway, so that that's our piece on the Packers. Let's transition into the locals. Uh, we're going to start with the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets had that game won for 59 minutes in, in Tennessee. Now, again, this is a game you don't, even though it was heartbreaking and, and a terrible loss, Let's just set the ground rules here. We know that Bowles is a dead man walking. That team is the most undisciplined team every single year in the league, and it never changes under Bowles. And you had your 38-year-old, soon-to-be quarterback's coach, not quarterback, player in uh, Josh McCown playing. So it's not like Darnold pissed that game away. All things are bad. Um, You know, they, they played inspired. I think that was more just the Titans just looked so poor, but the Jets literally handed them the game. Is that what you saw too? Oh, I mean, come on. When when they start the ball on their own three-yard line and they had like 45 yards and penalties on the last drive of the game, giving the, them the ability to score and win, what else do you really have to say when the Jets were shutting them down and it looked like they were going to win the game? That game makes you want to rip your hair out. But again, it's status quo. Penalties, penalties, penalties. What else can you say? I really don't have anything else to take away from this game. All their skill position players are either on IR or close IR. Or Sam not Donald, good enough. Yeah or, yeah, or not good enough. All the players that I give a fuck about, aside from Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams, are not playing right now. So what do I care about? Tremaine Johnson's out. Morris Claiborne's in and out of the lineup. Marcus May just got put on injured reserve for the rest of the season. He's out for the year. So what do I, what, what do I care about? Well, you should care about continuing to lose because you're positioning yourself for a good draft pick. And... Uh, Sam Darnold positioning did. the Colts for a good draft pick, my friend. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was that sucks. serious or was that no? A- that was serious. I had a brain fart, but it turned out to be pretty nice. That uh, just to throw that dig at that's you. It's a good but one, buddy. Thanks. Your best comedy comes by accident. <laughs> but no, I think for the most part, honestly, when you look at the Jets, Todd Bowles, dead man walking. Goodbye. We've known that. And this is a game to me where okay, you just see Mike McCarthy get fired. How do you not fire Bowles after this game? I was just going to say that. I literally was just going to say that. That's a good call. I don't know, man. And I just think it's maybe the Jets are a differently run organization. And I think they're just going to let him finish the year. Who cares, though? At this point, what, whatever. Well, that's how I felt a couple weeks ago. I thought it didn't matter. But then you see games like this. And I know you guys have a bunch of bunch of players on the IR, as you spoke to, and a lot of problems on the per- personnel side. But... It's the panel. It's incredible how undisciplined this team constantly is. And I do think that there's something to be said when you have a young core that you're trying to develop. I don't know how many people on this team are going to be there next year. Obviously, you have your your linchpins and guys that you've invested, you know, top top round draft picks in. But regardless of the head coach that comes in next, you'd like to say, okay, well, you have a little bit of a foundation. But this foundation doesn't know how to win games. They're constantly penalized. They're making horrible mistakes in critical situations. Yeah, but my point to you is this. Are they going to do any better with an interim head coach that probably has no chance? No, I think that I see. I think, again, you're not doing it to for results oriented. You're just saying, listen, clearly they don't respect this guy. The results couldn't be worse. They're basically unwatchable. And we know we're firing him anyway, so just just put him out of his misery. Just put him out of his misery right uh, now. Honestly, and this is where I am as a Jets fan. 
I'm in agreement with you. I wouldn't care if they fired him tomorrow. I wouldn't care if they fired him at the end of the season. He'll be a great defensive coordinator for whoever hires him, probably. But yeah, four weeks left of him. Exactly. It at is this what it point, is. it is what it is. It is what it is. And yeah. we don't have to talk much about it anymore. He said Darnold could have played, but they were trying to be safe with him. Okay, fine, whatever. Darnold did an interview today on the Michael K Show and out of New York, and he said that he's he's in line to play on Sunday. So now you do have a little bit of a Something reason to watch, to watch yeah. for the next four weeks. They're at, Sam Darnold they're at running Buffalo. around for his life with no weapons to throw to. Super exciting. But yeah. again... At least I can watch the rookie than, play and it's see It's better if he can, than watching Josh McCown. Yes, and maybe he can learn from his mistakes. Yes. Um, so there's our piece on the Jets for the week. Uh, transitioning into, I don't know how this is happening, but the New York Giants win again. Their third win in four weeks should have been their fourth in four weeks, but, you know. And they would have been right in the playoff picture. Can't let that go. And amazingly, dude, they actually still are because Philly beat, I, they're not going to make it. But Philly, Philly beat Washington. Philly beat Washington. So now the Giants, if they and beat we will Washington, talk about Washington, if the Giants go into Washington on Sunday, win that game, they're one game behind them. And, you know, we want to see, we'll get to Will's Cowboys leading off our NFC talk, but I don't trust them. And we and Philly really doesn't look good. I know they've beaten the Giants and the Redskins the last two weeks, but they really look bad. But getting back to this Giants game, they looked impressive. They started off by getting a pick six on Chase Daniel. Ogletree picked it off, ran it right into the end zone. Quick six points, seven nothing Giants right off the bat. The offense looked stagnant until Odell Beckham became the best quarterback on the team and threw a deep ball to uh, Sterling Shepard. Hell of a pass. Yeah, it was great. He I moved mean, around it was, it was like a It was like a playground play. Like He got it, didn't really look what he was going to do. He just pulled up and, and just flung it. Well, he baited the defense too, like yeah. a good quarterback does, and he right. made him think he was going to run. I mean, no, he's on. he's yeah, no, he's such a he's such a great player. He can do everything. They were they were showing video of him like drop kicking forty five yard field goals before the game. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, the kid, it's crazy. He, he could play any sport. Yeah, it's crazy. But then you know, as the Giants just look like they've got it under wraps, the wonderful defense. I've been saying that, obviously joking comes back and allows Chase Daniel to lead two drives within three minutes. Uh, one with a field goal that made it a seven-point game. They on, they recovered an onside kick only the fourth time a team's recovered an onside kick this year. Odell kind of got alligator arms, didn't really go for it, kind of reminiscent of that Cam Newton Surprising. sack in the uh, Super Bowl a couple years ago. Was that a business decision on Odell's part? I don't know what it was. I mean, yeah. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It looked really bad by because he definitely didn't give the effort. But, you know, he's on the hands team to recover an onside kick, but he's a wide receiver. You, you don't practice special teams, like, by doing that. So I'm surprised they didn't have somebody who's Well, who's to go to back at you that. for this argument, and we won't talk too long about it, he's a punt returner, too. Well, he is, but generally you're not returning onside kicks with punts. I mean, he's True. not getting the reps on the special teams well, I would recovery say, uh, side in practice. It looks bad because he kind of kicked the ball. It didn't really make it, any well, sense. No, he just stabbed at it with his arm. Yeah, and, and, it didn't, and it didn't. He didn't really go for it. But yeah, I think. And the I, other thing that looks bad is that he's probably got the best hands I've ever seen. Oh no, for sure. But that's a different one. I mean, you're not catching a pass. You're not, you know, one-handing a ball. Oh, yeah, and whatever they won the game, so it's not really talked about. If they lost. Oh I yeah, think it would be, a and, major I, and topic. it still was talked about because you know if you if you recover that the game's over. Instead, the Bears take it. They had all the momentum, and then Chase Daniel hit Cohen, who had a monster game, 
down the sideline, did whatever he wanted. And then Cohen threw a touchdown. Yep, and and it's it's amazing. Like this giant defense is just so bad. Yep, uh, so bad. But they were able to win the game. Um, Last note on the Giants defense, though. Speaking of it, I think Landon Collins just got put on season-ending IR for shoulder surgery. I don't know if it's season-ending, but he's definitely missing this week. I believe it's season-ending. He's it? getting surgery. Yeah, so, well, there you go. So that, that doesn't help matters. Um, their defense has been giving up a boatload of points, a boatload of yards to really not great offenses. But a win is a win. I'll take it. Somehow the Giants are now 4-7. and seven. Going to a Washington team this week that is going to be starting your former franchise quarterback, Mark Sanchez, and we'll see what happens. Um, what I'm taking away from this game is the Bears went 1-1 one and one with Chase Daniel, which I think they would have signed up for in a heartbeat because, as we'll get to later, Minnesota ended up losing. They've got that division on ice, you would think. Trubisky's coming back this week, and they should be good to go. Um the Giants, it's just where are they positioning themselves? It's are It looks like they're competent enough to show, listen, this is what we were telling you all along. We're not a Super Bowl team, but we're a better team than this team that we've been running out there I, for the last year I and a half. I think you guys are still in line for a top 12 draft pick. Yeah, but and that's the thing, dude. They, there's a legitimate chance, looking at their schedule, that they win six, that they win seven games this Dwayne year. Dwayne Haskins is slowly climbing draft boards. If he, if he declares. Yes. I think he would because he's probably going to be the first quarterback taken. Yeah, him or Herbert if Herbert comes out. Um, I think it's him. It's going to be really interesting. He He's played real well. I'm not going to speculate because he's not coming out yet. Once they declare, which they have to by January 4th, we'll know uh, if, they're, if uh, the Giants are going to be looking quarterback. All I want for the Giants is if you take a quarterback, please make it because it's your guy. Don't do it because you want it, because you feel you have to. That's how you get put into a bad situation and back your franchise up 10 years. If you think that Laletta, who actually was dressed and was the backup on Sunday for the first time all year, and, and Shermer said he's going to be again this coming week, if you think if you want to try it again with Eli... If you have a guy behind him, I hope they have the future behind him. But if they, once again, if they don't identify a quarterback as their guy and they're going to shoot for a 2020, build up as much draft capital as they can and move up for a Fromm or a Tua or whomever doesn't come out of this draft, then do it. I don't want to hear that they reached because they felt they had to take a quarterback. Don't okay. do that. But um, either way, just getting back to this week, it was another nice win. They actually won. They've won their last two home games, more home games than they've won in the last two years. It was not pretty by any means, but no. a win's a win, man. A win's a win, and it's against a team that's going to probably win the division. So that's it for the locals. Um, the Jets this next week, or, or this coming week, rather, will be at Buffalo. The Giants this week will be yes. at Washington. And we will preview that later, but let's get the shit over with, and let's talk about the Cowboys. See, I was really trying to delay it, man. I really, really wanted <laughs> well, we to. Well, we got to talk about it. We're going to we leave do. with it. Congratulations, Will. He called me three times. He called my fucking girlfriend three times. I didn't pick up. Maybe he was talking to my girlfriend about the Cowboys who doesn't like football. I was going to say, did she care? He was probably talking to any person that would listen about the Cowboys after this win. Well, I mean, he should and, have a podcast and like to every, do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and like every other Cowboys fan, they're going to get sucked in and they're going to get their hearts well, broken. Well, my favorite text was the one you sent Because they talk shit me. too early. My favorite text was the one you sent me and just said, we got him right where we want him. Yep. Yep, and, and he sent Sean and I a group chat, a nice meme of Dak doing a fist pump, and let's just remind everybody, 
it was week 13. This wasn't the Super Bowl, and I cannot wait for them to lose. Yeah, because they're not better than the Saints in New Orleans where they'll have to play. They're not better than the Saints, period. This was probably the worst game I've ever seen Drew Brees play. And you know what? I got to give a lot of credit to the Dallas Cowboys defense. Oh, you defense. have to. As much Sean as Lee we... is not even on the field. Vander Esch is a monster. And he's the defensive rookie of the year at this yeah. point. I think he's taken Derwin James over, although he, we'll talk about it later. He had another great game for the Los Angeles Chargers um, against the Steelers. Both of their linebackers, Smith has been playing great too. Yep. And that's a great story because he had that... Terrible injury, injury yeah. for in the was it the Rose Bowl for Notre Dame? Yeah, it was whatever bowl game they played in a couple of years ago. But yeah, he he's come back really strong, and that defense is just playing possessed. Listen, if the defense is going to hold teams to seventeen and they score twenty, great. But looking at them, man, they had Drew Brees just completely confused. I don't know if Jason Garrett woke up and learned how to coach. I'd probably say no on that one, but they have the hell of a defensive coordinator, and that's how you beat Drew Brees. You get pressure down the middle. The guy's only five foot ten, six feet tall. He can't see over the pressure. Then he has to start scrambling to the outside. They have really good cover corners. And, I mean, come on, he had 178 yards passing. I don't know why I keep picking the road game team to win these games. The road team does not hasn't won a Thursday night game in God knows how long. But I do have to give a lot of credit to Dallas to echo your sentiments as much as I don't want to. They played the kind of game that if they have a blueprint for how they're going to succeed in the postseason, it's to play that kind of style of game. It might not end up 13-10, but you've got to score you know, enough to win because if your defense can shut down an offense like that and probably the MVP of the league in Drew Brees, the rate that in which that team's been scoring has been sick. If you can shut them down at 10 points, whether Brees didn't play well because he had an off day or whether it was the Cowboy defense or whether it was a little bit of both, that defense just dominated. And if they can go into a game and say, listen, the other team's not scoring more than 17 points and all we have to do is score 20 to use your, your scenario... I hate to say it, this team could be scary. This team could be scary. I don't know how legitimate of a possibility that is, but even when games that they've lost, their defense has had games like this. I mean, they shut out, you know, at a time when Jacksonville was still very much alive. They shut them out. What was that, 40 to nothing in Dallas in like week six? They've had some games. I remember they shut down the Giants in week two. They've had some very impressive defensive performances this year, this being the most notable. So if they can close it out, kind of get a rhythm going with those linebackers playing the way they are, getting some pass rush, stopping a run game, and allowing those cover corners to do their jobs, I think that this team does have a blueprint to succeed in the playoffs. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say on the Cowboys is, as much as we make fun of Jerry Jones and that regime over there, They've drafted really well over the past few years. Oh, no, years. their draft has been very strong, very strong. Michael Gallup, really great pick this year. Obviously, Van Der Esch. You look at the offensive line that they've put together, even with a few guys out. Obviously, Zeke. I mean, they've drafted a, a, a really good team. Dak as well. We I don't mean, know how great Dak's going to be. That, but, 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 again, you well, took him, a, you took him in the fourth a, round. Dak was a third round, fourth-round draft pick, so he has one less year than the earlier rounders, so... We'll see. You know they're going to pay him. We'll see. Yeah, Jones has already said he's going to, um, and it looks like Garrett's going to get extended. It sucks because you don't really have a choice. No, you don't. You're handcuffed. You, right, because you, you, you look, he could be Blake Bortles, 
Or he could be a Joe Flacco type that actually wins you a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he because he has the ability in games like this, when the team plays really good defense, he's not a quarterback that's going to outduel you and win you a game, you know, 40 to 35. But he's very, very capable and proficient in playing high percentage football, you know, making the right passes when a running game is strong and he's throwing on third and two. Remember two years ago when they won the NFC East and, and got that first round by. Uh, before eventually losing to the Packers, that that team was really solid because the defense was loaded. Nobody scored on him. Every time Dak threw the ball, it was a high-percentage throw to a Dez or to a Beasley or whomever, and then you had Zeke running behind the best offensive line in football, and it was a perfect formula for success. Now, when they had to go and try to score 35, 40 points, that was hard for him to do. We'll see what happens. I do believe they're going to win this division, whether it's by default. It's hard for me to say after a performance like that. That's not a default win. That's a that's a signature win. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking at it from the Saints' side, that's a bad week. That's a bad week. And they go down to Tampa Bay, who they got beaten pretty badly by in week one. So that's, if you want to with, call it, with you James know how I feel playing about really well. James wasn't playing. That was Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no, he's playing really well now. Oh, yes, no, he he is playing really well, putting up a lot of big numbers, uh, making a case for them to pick up that extension, which I think is a tough decision. Again, they're handcuffed, though. Yep. um, A lot of teams in this situation. You want to call it a revenge game? Jesus, that might be a 60-58 to game. Yeah, the way that those those teams score points, and but I do expect the Saints I do, to the de- back. their defense they is have better to, man, too because they're competing with the Rams, and now the Rams are up in front. Right. Let's not pretend that they like, had the driver's seat on the Rams because they had the same record and they beat the Rams. Now they right. don't. So well, let's not pretend. Now let's not pretend like the Saints, you know, gave up thirty five points on Thursday night. They lost by three points. So their defense still played a really good game. Dak didn't light it up, nor did the Cowboy offense. They just played well enough to win behind a stellar defensive performance, which is what you're looking for if you're the Cowboys or Cowboys fan. There you go, Will. Uh, We gave you your conversation, and congrats to your Cowboys. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks, and let's see if this is a typical Jason Garrett team, or maybe they uh, shed some of that um, bad karma that they've had for a long time. Moving on down the line in the NFC, we're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals winning this game. We talked about Mike McCarthy, obviously, at length. But this game, to me, man, it it looked like Rodgers just didn't have much interest playing this game. He was making some of the worst throws I've seen him make in really ever. Well, when he throws for 400 next week, you'll see where his heart really lies, honestly. Rosen looked okay. Yeah. And, and what else do you really have to say about this game? Did you watch any of it? I did watch some of it on Red Zone because I had the Giants on one, I had Red Zone on the other, yeah. and they were going they were going to Rosen a lot. And I got to say, for a California kid going to Lambeau, winning in was that freezing rain condition, I was kind of impressed by him. I always thought you know Rosen was probably the best thrower of the football out of the quarterbacks in the draft, but I thought he was the most fragile. And he's held up pretty well, and he's played in some tough conditions and has shown why Arizona was vindicated in taking him. So just taking away from that game, obviously they're not going anywhere this year, and they're probably going to have a couple rough seasons. But I think they found their guy in Rosen. That's a good win to have in a, as a rookie in a rookie season, you know, that's kind of lost. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'd be pretty crazy if all four, even five of these first-round quarterbacks end up having good careers. The, the percentages are against that, Brett. I'm just praying Darnold's not the guy. Yeah, and I think, too, is, you know, you look at the situations a lot of them are in. I mean, Arizona's not set up to win anytime soon. Buffalo's definitely not. 
unless the Jets, you know, have a really great offseason by getting their coach of the future, maybe GM of the future, and, and definitely loading up that roster with skills, positions, and offensive linemen, they're not in a great situation for to really judge Darnold either. So, so we'll see. Um, as far as that game, that's as much as I can take away. Um, going on to Carolina, who's in a free fall. Jesus Christ. Cam dude. Newton goes from before the Steelers game, he was probably a top three MVP candidate, to... What the fuck? Is this Ron Rivera systematically looking like he's losing his job? Or what's going on? I mean, Cam had the worst game. I think if they miss the playoffs, he's definitely got they a chance. They were 6-2. and two. They yeah. lost four in a row. I, I really to don't know what to say. not good teams. Yeah, especially Tampa Bay I mean, and that whatnot. Pittsburgh game, fine. Thursday night, short week in Pittsburgh, I get it. But losing in that really weird game to Detroit... Yeah. Now losing to Tampa Bay. Cam threw four picks in this game. What else do you have to say? Yeah, that's really Two, bad. Two probably the worst defense in football, nonetheless. Who doesn't even have a Brent Grimes playing? Right. No, that defense is tar- is absolutely horrible. You're right. And I think Jameis is hearing the footsteps or hearing the rumors, at least, of what's going on because ever since he's finally taken the ball back from Fitzpatrick at the end of that uh, Cincinnati game when he almost led that comeback, he's played really well. He played really well against the Giants. He had a good game uh, the week after that. I'm it's slipping me who they played, and then he just played a, gr- a really good game against a Carolina defense that's not all that bad. Yeah, and he only played half the game against the Giants too, from what I remember. I think Fitz started Fitz that game started, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's done. He's thrown for a lot of yards in a small body of work. So, I mean, sometimes when you got nothing to lose, it's just like Fitzpatrick. You play really well. So. Well, what's scary about him is he he shows the flashes when he's good. He's justifying that first round pick or first overall pick, but when he's bad, it's the total opposite side. He's, yeah, he and I think him being bad, not to mention the off the field antics, kind of outweigh it. But again, quarterbacks in the NFL, you're really handcuffed, especially the ones that you draft, because you 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 look up and down the landscape of the league. You know why I've said about the Giants so many times why I want their future quarterback to be one that they draft is you don't really find good veteran quarterbacks that help win you you know football games or or championships I mean you get your outliers there like a Kurt Warner that takes you to a a Super Bowl or a Carson Palmer both of those being Arizona guys that Carson Palmer took his team to an NFC championship game obviously you had Peyton in Denver but that was a weird circumstance it generally doesn't happen you you have to draft your quarterbacks and after four or five years you know, you're in a situation where you're looking up and down the league and you have your Tyrod Taylors and your Case Keenums and, you know, your Teddy Bridgewaters. And, and those guys circulate all year round, Josh McCowns of the world. And it's like, okay, like maybe they could have a better game here or there, but they're not our future. So we have to hope that the guy we drafted actually shows up and, and is what we think they are. And if not, you know, we're screwed then for another few years. So we'll see what happens down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. And let's move on to the the next game. And this is a team that, since they beat the Carolina Panthers, has gone on quite a run, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, good they call. Took, they took care of business against the lowly 49ers. They did. And Nick Mullins... Not future I don't Giants think he's great. your guy. I don't think so either. You want to talk about a little overreaction, what he did to the Raiders? Yeah, I think that was... Uh, He'll be a nice backup somewhere, but aside from that... Start, at that point, the Giants still hadn't won. I was like, you know what? I'm just anything to be excited about up and down the league. Yeah, so. yeah. But, I mean, Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind. Pete Carroll is definitely in the conversation for Coach of the Year. It shows... Might what, be a front runner. I think so, dude. Uh, because Pete Carroll has shown now 
you know, you shed some of that dead weight of, you know, people that were not really good character guys, very upset about the whole Russell Wilson's thing. You know, they bought into the quarterback. A lot of the Legion of Boom defensive guys wanted that money, didn't get it. Obviously, you have to invest in the quarterback. But, you know, it seemed like they were kind of mutinizing on on Carroll for a few years there. And now he was able to get rid of them and bring in his own guys and younger guys who play the same kind of defense he likes to play. And they're buying in. Yeah. And I think Carroll's more that college kind of coach where he needs younger guys that are going to buy yep. in. Yeah, you're right. He's kind of that, you know, he's... Rah-rah. He's, yep. Throwing his gum around and whatnot, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that message gets stale to guys that are making millions, but when you're, you know, that's how he built Except up that Russell team. Except Russell Wilson. Except Russell Wilson. He's a different type of guy. But again, he's your quarterback. You got to invest in the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. But you're so. right. They're, they're now 7-5. and five. That's a really good team, and, and they're trending upward. Yeah, that's a sleeper team to take that wild card, and I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, so don't really have to say much about the Niners. That's a tough, tough, tough organization right They've now. They've drafted really poorly, though. Oh, yeah, and I guess you would say that Jimmy Garoppolo is some deodorant on that. But you hope. this team, I mean, aside from Matt Breida, who's an undrafted free agent, they drafted a guy in the third round last year. I forgot his yeah, name. George Kittle is another one um, who came out of nowhere. George Kittle's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that's honestly it. I think he was a third or fourth round draft pick out of Iowa. But aside from that, I mean, you saw the Reuben Foster thing. Who else do they have? Nobody. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're. And they're, I mean, they had two first round picks last year, or the year before that, because they made a big the trade. Trubisky trade. Yeah. So and they made nothing of it. No, they they've done a really poor job evaluating talent in the draft and making you know very high draft picks worth work out whether it be character issues or poor performance on the field. So Garoppolo, like you said, you know, very eloquently put a little deodorant on it. I, I just, you hope he has somebody to throw the ball to, you know, a semblance of a running game, because if he comes back to this, I don't know how good he's going to be. I he think doesn't have team, Belichick. I think this team next year, if healthy, is an 8-8 eight eight team, because he's going to have Marquise Goodwin, he's going to have Kittle. Matt Breida's become an RB1 pretty much, so... If they can beef up that offensive line, I think that they've got a chance. Uh, but let's move on to the last game of the NFC wins, the Rams, who have not looked like the they Rams haven't. of old recently. Todd Gurley doing a weird thing, running down the end zone line with two minutes left. Well, he, like there was 10 seconds. No, he was he was just trying to burn as much time as possible. Yeah, I guess it's really a nice story. And he did punch it in anyway. But hey, it's a win. A win's a win. You beat the Detroit Lions. Good for you guys. And you keep it rolling. They only got one loss. Yeah, I mean they haven't looked Hakeem great. Hakeem Talib is back, which is big. They haven't looked great for like four or five weeks. Their defense has not definitely. I mean they've scored points, but their defense has looked very shaky. And you know whether it was the distraction of the tra- of the tragedy that was going on out west or whether it was, you know, some different personnel changes, whatnot. But their defense... Cooper Cup's a big-time loss. For, for sure. But I'm talking about just on the defensive yeah. side of the ball, dude. Even in games they've won, I mean, they easily could have lost that Seahawks game out in L.A. They easily could have lost that Green Bay game if Montgomery didn't run the ball out of the end zone. You're giving Rodgers an opportunity. The Packers still scored 30 in that game. So their defense leaves a lot to be de- uh, desired, but they can score at will. Well... 
Not really. I mean, thirty points is is great, but against the Detroit Lions, you're expecting forty. You're not. They're not going to lose many games when they score thirty points. No, not at all. But nonetheless, what are we complaining about? They're eleven and one. No, yeah, we're just saying though. I mean, they're not as dom- to to te- people that don't watch them and just look at the scores. They're going to be deceived. This team has not played great for a while, so yeah. we got to see, you know, what ends up taking place with them. You know, heading into the playoffs, and are they really ready? Are they playing with a level of complacency, or are they really, you know, is their intense? Because all roads right now are going through L.A. Yeah, especially with that New Orleans Saints loss. If they can keep winning, they're going to own the own the own the NFC. Uh, let's move on to the AFC. First game we'll talk about is the Kansas City Chiefs barely beating. Of course, I picked this game. I picked them to cover a 15-point spread. This is before the whole Kareem Hunt saga happened. Uh, we already talked about that. Was it on Monday, I believe? Yeah. Um, I, I This team, honestly, it, I think this Kareem Hunt thing really affected them, and I don't know if they're the same team. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't I mean, know if that's a overreaction after one week. Because I don't think so. I don't think so. He's a he's a stud, Spencer man. Spencer Ware is one of the best backup running backs in football. He could be a starter on most teams, but mentally, uh, they just did not look like they were in this one. No, and, and even though Ware could be a starter on most teams, he wasn't a starter on on Kansas City because of how good Kareem Hunt is. So. Obviously, that really hurts, man. That really hurts them, and you could see there was not that normal level of intensity that they were playing with. They kind of were sleepwalking through that game. Oakland sneakily has been competitive in the last few games they've played. They they walked off against Arizona, and then they played pretty competitive against Baltimore before fading late, and they were at home where no matter how bad they are, that crowd's into it. But, yeah, Kansas City, I'm very interested to see because this is, you know, Le'Veon Bell – didn't want to be there. And you could tell that that whole thing in Pittsburgh was just a shit show. And by him leaving, it was probably best for the team. You know, locker room morality is is a big thing in the NFL. I don't know how big it is in other sports, but in the NFL, it's huge. You can't underestimate that. And you have a guy who you've, you know, loved having as a teammate. You thought, you know, everything's cool. Everything's fine. We're clicking on all cylinders. No one's going to stop us. We're going to get the number one seed. And now this whole monkey wrench has been thrown in, in their in their situation. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm very interested to see how they respond after that week. They come back home and what they look like the rest of the season before probably getting a first-round bye and playing an arrowhead. But that is a huge loss. You cannot underestimate that. I think, honestly, it's going to affect them throughout the playoffs, and I think they just lost their Super Bowl. Could be. Or at least their appearance in the Super Bowl. Could be. But we'll we'll have to see where that one goes. Gruden almost won a game. And they did win the game. They didn't lose. So, you know, you handle business. I feel the same way about them as some of the other teams. This isn't college football. You don't have to blow everybody out to get in the playoffs. Yeah, no style points. Just just win the game that's ahead of you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the next game. How long do we have to talk about this? The Dolphins played the Bills, and Josh Allen almost threw one of the best Hail Marys I've ever seen. I think that does it justice. There we go. Uh, The Dolphins and the Bills are nowhere near the playoff picture. The Dolphins are the most mediocre team in the history of football. So what do I have to say? Joe Philbin formerly coached them. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, All right. So let's move on to the Denver Broncos. They keep it rolling. A.J. Green's out for the year for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Phillip Lindsay 
This guy's the best undrafted free agent maybe ever. Can Philip Lindsay's my boy. I love him. And the reason is is because it goes to show how you can find a running back out of anywhere, and if you put him around talent, he's going to be just fine. Obviously, I love Saquon. But would they draft Royce Freeman in the third round or something oh, like dude, that? Dude, they find these guys all over the place. And Royce Freeman's not even playing because of how good Phil Lindsay is. They're going to find – we're going to see, you know, three or four more of these next year. It's crazy. Great for him. Really good story. Well, kid went to Colorado. Um, had a good career in college. Obviously, nowhere near, you know, the top of the running back class. And he's playing really well, as is Case Keenum, and this team is sneakily right there for a berth in the playoffs. Yeah, now unfortunately they just lost Emmanuel Sanders, possibly. That really hurts. Yeah, reports today, in case anybody missed it, torn Achilles, they believe, from practice today. Limped off the field. Um, But A.J. Green's out for the Bengals. What a dumpster fire that was. Yeah, they really fell apart. Who's the quarterback that played the game for them? Driscoll. Yeah, Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. I, I can't believe I was feeling the Bengals earlier in the year. I do this every year. But you, you know, I we maybe said, it's the jerseys. We keep, I don't know. We keep saying it, dude. I I I bought in too because they always have enough talent. But I, I used to know, be when I was a kid better. before before I became an adult and stopped being a fraud. I was a big time Bengals fan. Chad Ochocinco, T.J. Hushmanzada, Carson Palmer. Was that the beginning of your fantasy football days? Uh, yeah. Chad Ochocinco was. was say they had Chad Ochocinco is my favorite football player of all time. Yeah. I had a jersey, all that good Nobody stuff. Nobody else cares. So, there you Thank go. Thank you. Yep. So, that's really nice I was story. just pointing out that I grew up, and I realized, oh my God, like, I'm not a fucking loser fraud. Will, Sean, everyone else out there? Not really, dude. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um... You're, you're a Roll fraud time. in 20. Yeah, there you go. See, you're, you'll get to it. All right. Just so get the Clemson uh, Broncos. Down. Broncos back in the playoff hunt, and they're making a run. And I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but I looked a couple days ago, and it's kind of cupcake. So they might be able to sneak into the playoffs. I think they can, man. I mean, the defense is playing so much better. Keenum's not making mistakes, and Lindsey's running wild. So they've got the recipes for a team. We'll see how much that Emmanuel Sanders injury hurts them. Um Obviously, it's gonna it's gonna do something negative. He's a really good player, but we'll see. I, I I don't think that team's a Super Bowl team anyway. But if they sneak in, that's a great that's a great rebound for a team that looked like they were dead in the water five weeks ago. Yeah, good thing for John Elway there. But let's move on to the next game. This was a tough one for me. My sperm bank pick of the week did not cash in, but the Texans will Surprised. never ever ever lose a game again, and they beat up on the Browns at home, twenty nine to thirteen. Baker had a horrible day. Yeah, he did. He he was throwing night. Like I said, I had red zone on the other TV, and and they were cutting in this game a lot. And I was kept kept seeing him playing quarterback, so I was expecting to see him throw touchdown passes. And it ended up going to the other team. The the Texans defense is so good right now. Yeah. And Watson's really rebounded. He he doesn't have to play incredible. He's just played. He's just played well. He's not turning the ball over. He's not costing his team games. He's allowing them to have long. He's effectively extended, running a lot yeah. more than he used to when he would just take these. They massive have a lot hits. of extended drives that allows that defense to rest. So when they go out on the field, they can just go nuts. Yeah, Lamar Miller looks resurgent. Uh, Baker, you're going to see these games from rookies. Oh yeah, and, and that's the only thing. You just chuck it up to a rookie on the road. Listen, he had a really good game the the week before in Cincinnati. He's had some flashes this year. That game in Oakland comes to mind that he could have won. This was not a good performance by him, but it, it's not the end of the world. You know, you face a really good defense on the road, like you said, rookie rookie quarterback with not a great team, and uh, maybe he'll learn from it. But the Texans are 
The Texans are sneaky good, and we're not going to give them the credit just because mentally you can't put them in the same category as the Patriots. Well, mentally and on paper, they haven't beat anyone that great. Right, but they are... They're winning every game ahead of them. Yeah, and what else can you say in the NFL again? All you got to do is win. Moving on to the next game, another AFC South team, a AFC South this one battle was crazy. here. Yeah, battle. this one was a head scratcher and a half. Andrew Luck was brutal. Six nothing. Six nothing to the Cody Kessler run Jaguars. Cody Kessler, so good, dude. Six, Without six Leonard points. Fournette, I know. I don't know what a. I, I'm so glad that. This game wasn't on local TV or anything. I think this game popped on the red zone like once. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe a couple of field goals. I don't know. No, but nobody was anywhere close to scoring. Talk about Jalen Ramsey trash. This game was pure trash. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it was tough to watch. And I, what of course, happened? I had of course I had Andrew Luck running in a fantasy league that no one cares about. So I watched <laughs> a lot of this game. That yeah. was brutal. Yeah, he he was playing for your fantasy team that also plays in the same league as my Pick'em league that nobody cares about. So. It was amazing, though, dude. Like We were just talking seven days ago about that performance they had against the Titans and how good they looked. Uh, or it was against the Dolphins, rather. And it was like, wow, like this team's good. They, they're they making so many plays, and Andrew Luck's got his arm back. And, and I know he that... His arm. I, I know in reality the Jags still have a good defense, and they're capable of games like this. But... In a lost season at this point with Cody Kessler not moving the ball, it can't just be that the Jaguars had a great day. Andrew Luck was, like you said, brutal. Maybe they'll have a bounce-back week, but I think that division's all but over. It has to be, right? I mean, the second they're, they're all fighting for second place. Yeah, Real but closer. I thought they were a legitimate wild-card team. Now, obviously, overreaction week, week by week, if he has a really good week and they win... In week fourteen, who knows? Maybe everything changes, but that was that was not a playoff performance. That's what the NFL is, man. Everybody overreacts every single week, unless it's the Patriots, where you just keep it the status quo. Which you have to, yeah, absolutely. But let's move on to the next game because that game was just an absolute terrible game. Lamar Jackson just keeps it rolling, and they beat Atlanta. And they that team, Quinn. I don't know. I really don't know if he's going to be the head coach. I think he has to be out. Let's look at this game first from Baltimore, and then we'll go into Atlanta. Lamar Jackson's giving them a dynamic that they haven't had, and I don't know how sustainable it is. He already limped. You know, he got hurt and went into the tent for a couple minutes there. Yeah, you saw an RG3 appearance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just wonder, like, how sustainable is he? Because he's not a big guy. And I know you're hearing Michael Vick giving his, you know – advice to him I don't really know what that means because he's not nearly as good of a passer as Vic ever was you know remember when Vic came up he had the arm he just chose not to use it Lamar Jackson's got a good arm he doesn't have a Michael Vick arm so I don't know how good he Michael is Michael Vick has one of the best arms ever ever yeah ever and his in his second you know time around out, out of jail he was really really used that arm a lot but um, looking at this Raven team, they definitely seem inspired, do they not? I mean, I think they know that they have an ability to score points now that defense is playing at an elite level. They haven't given up more than 20 points in a game in about four weeks. Suggs is playing great. They forced a couple of fumbles, had a uh, fumble recovery in this game that scored six points. Yeah, they and also Jackson's have a really not turning good secondary. The, and so. Jackson doesn't turn the ball over. I think that's the biggest thing. He is a little reckless. He's not a great. He hasn't made a lot of plays with his arm yet, but he hasn't been fumbling. He hasn't been turning. He hasn't been throwing picks, 
And that's kind of the anti-Flacco who might give you more big plays in the aerial attack, but he's good for two or three picks a day. If they make the playoffs and, and we'll move on after this because the Falcons are dead, does John Harbaugh save his job? I don't think it's a matter of saving. I think that they just know the time is up. I think that they give him a new quarterback and he seems to have a good game plan for him. You never know. You they never know. It. it just seems like that relationship is fractured between him and, and ownership and they might bring somebody else in. I think they both kind of know. I, I don't think that they want to fire him. I think, you know, obviously it would go down as a firing, but now it would just go like a mutual parting of ways. Remember last year, the Titans head coach, I forget the name. He wedded them to a playoff win in Arrowhead against the Chiefs, and he lost his job because there were rumors all year that they were not getting along and he was not going to be the coach of the future. I don't think this is an indictment on Harbaugh. I just think it's time for him to move on. Real quick tidbit on the Falcons. I've never seen a team that has more talent be this bad. Yes, that also counts my Giants because at least Matt Ryan is still in a good point of his career, unlike Eli Manning, and they have a good offensive line, unlike the Giants. They have too many skills position players. I don't care how hurt they are. That team should be scoring so much more than 13 points. How Julio Jones never gets in the end zone is beyond me. He's got a couple this year. He's got a couple. When a year without a (laughs) touchdown? Ridiculous. And Ryan doesn't seem to be playing with a lot of enthusiasm. The defense hasn't been that good. And the reason I think he's going to lose his job, and if I were in charge of the Falcons, I would, is it's not – I don't want to hear stories like, oh, you brought them to a Super Bowl. You had a 30-point lead in a Super Bowl and lost it. I don't care if it's to the Patriots. You lost a Super Bowl in a game that you had won. Sealed, signed, delivered. You're going to be Super Bowl champs. Last year, they had kind of that Super Bowl hangover. They do win out in L.A., but then they lose to the to the Eagles in a game they should have won because the Eagles that game didn't play all that well. And then this year, they've been a train wreck. So, clearly, they have not mentally and psychologically rebounded from that Super Bowl loss two years ago. And that, again, to me, man, I don't know about you, but to me, that's on coaching. He can't inspire his guys to get up and try to make that run. The NFC, I know, has the Rams. I know has the Saints. Has some really good teams in it. The Bears. They can't be this bad. They can't. There's too much talent on this team. I'm in complete agreement with you there. And, yeah, I think it's honestly going to cost him his job. he's a defensive guy. The defense has been horrible. Yeah, they lost a lot of players. But, again, it shouldn't have been this bad. No. And this team should not be averaging like 17 points a game either. Right. Um, but let's move on to the final game. They of seem very Packerish to me. Yeah, I get the same feeling as well. And at least McCarthy had a Super Bowl. Right. Um, this game was one of the best games of the year. It was so much fun. And the San Diego Chargers. No, won- no, 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 no. no. I said L.A. earlier. Give me a little fucking credit. <laughs> Whatever. The L.A. Chargers won on a field goal. It took. Three or four tries because the the Steelers just kept jumping off sides. I think that might have been their way of icing the kicker a few extra times. But he punched it in. So what? Will can this you say? be the last time you hear yourself or anybody say the Chargers won on a walk off field goal? Usually, you're going to hear they lost on a walk. I don't know. Maybe this will be. The, maybe they turn the page on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I believe that when I see it. Rivers was electric. Keenan Allen had a absolute catches. monster game and again undrafted rookie i forgot his name maybe jackson the their run- running back yeah. yep austin eckler was nowhere to be found it was jackson the guy had 
close to 100 yards and a rushing touchdown. So did the Steelers win this game, or did the or did the Steelers lose this game, or did the did the Chargers win? I it? think the Chargers won it. They yeah. got a lot of pressure on Big Ben, and I they had the a few way. interceptions. And, and this Chargers team's not getting enough credit, and they finally got a signature win. I was just going to say, I think they weren't getting enough credit because they didn't have a signature win under their belt. This was a road game Sunday night in Pittsburgh where I know they lost out in uh, Denver, but Pittsburgh's been rolling as of late. And I felt the same way. Even when the Steelers were scoring and they looked like they were you know, going to take control of the game, I never got the sense that. And I yeah. kind of heard you know, on the commentary, I, I got to be honest with you, only stayed up for three quarters. Um, but I, I heard that wow, great journalism. Well, you know, at least I'm honest and, uh, and I had to be up. I'm at honest too. I always say when I don't watch stuff. Yeah. Sometimes to a fault, especially <laughs> your teams. Um, <laughs> but no, like I heard, you know, during the, during the third, second quarter, rather Al Michaels being like, Oh, you know, this just feels like a Steelers win. You know, this is how they play this time of year. And I was like, I don't really get that feeling because it's not like the Chargers can't move the ball. The Chargers are moving the ball quite well in this game. Keenan Allen literally could not have anybody near him to cover him. He caught everything in sight. Rivers just zeroed in on him, got the running game going. Defense was playing okay, Ben not break. And Roethlisberger is due for a bad pick here and there, and he had another one in this game. And it allowed the Chargers to to kick the field goal and win. And and also, I gotta say this: I'm not sure how it was towards the end of the game. The the L.A. offensive lineman I, plays on the west. I don't know if it was with the left tackle or the left guard was literally in the backfield almost every single play, and they never called a whistle. I've never seen that before. I mean, he was literally false start every single play, and I was just watching. It's like, is this? Is this happening? That would be like, you know, in basketball, a guy just chilling just out of bounds and then running in and then catching, you know, catching the ball and shooting a three. Like, yeah. it was just like, you can't do that. <laughs> this is this is absolutely nuts. Hey, let's not take anything away from the no, Chargers. You're, no, you can't. Away, it went on from... both sides. But it was just it was an observation I had watching that game. Psh, listen, these refs sometimes miss a few or a lot. Or the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but from the Steelers' side, Antonio Brown didn't get the ball nearly enough. Neither did Juju. And James Connors hurt. He might be out for two weeks with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, so. this, is, this might be when they, want Le- they wish they had Le'Veon, but... Maybe this will be where they fight through it. Um, Samuel I, still think, has played I well. still think they've got this division wrapped up. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see because the Chargers have the L.A. Rams coming. Or sorry, excuse me. They have the Kansas City Chiefs coming up in a few weeks mm-hmm. in Kansas City. That game, I'm going to watch every second of that. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a top tier game because. You really want to see, obviously, just division, you know, bragging rights and possible uh, champion on the line. I really want to see how the Chiefs respond to this whole Kareem Hunt thing. Well, you know I'm rooting heavy for the Chargers because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year. If they can get a division yeah, win, you had to be happy seeing big. that game. And and here's my if they lost, I think that they're, they were done. I have, mean, they'll probably still make the playoffs. Have the last three weeks, even though they won in Jacksonville, I mean, that was a, they played so bad in that game. Is this... To you saying, okay, this is the same recurring issues with the Steelers we've seen for the last six years? Or is this like that game against the Panthers where you're like, no, they're capable of that any week too and they'll and they'll find their rhythm? I think it's the same old Steelers. I do too. Honestly. And usually that connotation means good things. And not, again, not is, is Tomlin on the hot seat? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's going to be hard, you know, because I don't think even because though they're really ju- good. Are they better than the if they lose in Foxborough or if they lose in Arrowhead? Can you really say no, that they should have won? It's the same thing as Big Ben. Although these guys maybe should lose their jobs or whatever, and Big Ben shouldn't because he's a quarterback and they're at a high premium. But they get the benefit of the doubt because they win the division every year. Right. So, I mean, you're a product of your environment, I guess, and they always win. But that pretty much wraps up our recap from this past week. So we already talked about the league news and everything. We went over the Kareem Hunt thing. So why don't we go over our picks from last week begrudgingly. I'll go down it really quick. I took Cleveland plus six, wrong. Chicago minus four and a half, wrong. Kansas City minus 15, wrong. And the Tennessee Titans against the Jets, Minus nine and a half. Wrong. Wrong. All right, Sean, how'd you do, bud? Why don't we take a look here? I was just going to say you're holding <laughs> it. Let, let me know how I did. So you took Baltimore minus one. That's one for you. Yep. There you go. You took the Giants. Shit, Sean is two and oh. Took Tennessee Titans. That makes you two and one. And you took three and one. Hell of a job, my friend. This is great. I'm having fun. Uh, let me just jump out the window real quick. <laughs> I had a terrible week, and my sperm bank pick of the week lost again. But, hey, I live to see another week. Amazingly. You should. I'm fucking – I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, what else do you want me to say about these picks? I'm terrible. But let's move on, wrap this up with our picks for this week. So – Let's go on and look at the New York Giants first. They are in Washington, and they're a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Give me the Giants against Mark Sanchez. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Um, while we while we pick this game, both with the Giants, let's preview it real quick. Mark Sanchez is playing quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Uh, apparently, they called in Colin Kaepernick and then decided better against it. Um, so that tells you everything. I think I saw, oh my God, who was the guy they signed today? I can't think off the top of my head. It was somebody that I haven't heard from in about five years, which is similarly to Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez. So there you go. The Giants defense is Jordan so- Jordan Reed's the best quarterback on the team. <laughs> oh, big time. The Giants defense sucks, but they better be able to stop these guys. Whoever's playing quarterback. I honestly want to lose this pick. If the Giants lose this game- then it, that's just a disheartening loss because the Redskins are so bad offensively right now, and their defense isn't that good either. They're a little beat up. Giants should win this game and absolutely cover. All right, so let's move on to the New York Jets. They are in Buffalo, and they are plus 3.5. Buffalo is favored by 3.5. What do you think? Yeah, give me the Bills. Okay, I'm going to take the New York Jets in this one. Okay. I really like the way the Bills have been playing lately, man. To be honest with you, they've been in a lot of games. Allen's making throws. The defense is really good, and if Matt Barkley can put up 40 points on the Jets, I think that Allen can have a good day too. I just took the Jets because I have no confidence in them at all, but I need to make up a hell of a lot of games on you here. So That's fair. And, and your boy, it looks like your golden boy is going to be playing this week. It really doesn't change anything for me, but, I mean, whatever. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, let's look at a few other games here. I am going to take my first pick, and I am going to take the – Let's see the where is it? The Carolina Panthers are favored by one point in Cleveland. That's nuts. Cam's got to figure that shit out. He has to, right? Yeah. So you're taking Carolina. Absolutely, there. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. Good, good job by you. I think that's a good pick. Thank you. T- Tennessee's home against Jacksonville in an AFC South game on Thursday night. 
God, this game. So is, you're going to take the home this team, is, I hope? This is a classic Thursday night game. Remember how bad those matchups were for like every year before this one? Yes, I will absolutely take the home team. I'm going to learn my lesson. Tennessee didn't look good at all against the Jets. Really had no business winning that game if they were playing anybody else. But you know what? Cody Kessler scored six points at home against the Colts. The Titans, they should win this game by at least four and a half, at least five points. So I will take the four and a half line at home Thursday night. Give me the Titans. All right, go ahead for your next pick because everybody's waiting. On, everybody wants my sperm bank pick last. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. The the everybody's favorite segment of our <laughs> NFL Wednesdays. Um, lastly. The L.A. Rams are a three-point favorite at the Bears. This is a game that I'm really looking forward to. It's the Sunday night game this week. The Rams are not going to cover this game. I think the Bears with Trubisky are actually going to steal this in frigid Chicago in December. I like the way they played the last two weeks with Chase Daniel. They played that well. Trubisky's coming back, even though you know I'm not a believer. The Rams' defense has not been that good. They've gotten away with playing some bad teams. The Bears are not a bad team. Easily could have won that game against the Giants. Give me the Bears to cover at home on Sunday night. Wow, okay. All right, so that brings us up to my final pick, the Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. This one is brought to you by no one. Okay, <laughs> good one. Um, all right, so I am looking. You ran out of sponsors. Yeah, well, they they all my their cards declined. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. Let's move on here. We have the Houston Texans at home, favored by four and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. Houston Texans have a better defense and a better offense than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're at home rolling. Give me the Texans to continue that run. There you go. I like that. I will take the Houston Texans minus four and a half with the sperm bank pick of the week. Very nice. All right. Very nice. So that about wraps it up for the NFL Wednesday pod. We will be back on Monday with our rundown. Hot stove is burning right now. Absolutely. We'll have plenty of MLB to talk about. NBA, college basketball. No college football, Tom. Oh, my God. Actually, we have to talk a little bit ahead of coaching news. But we don't have to preview games. You can talk about that on your own pod. I think it's called um, The Fraud Clown Boy. I don't think so. You're going to talk it and you're going to like it. All have right. a great night, everybody.